today on the Daily Gator Daily Thought. We look at uh, what Biden's Hanukkah gift to Israel, who it's helping. Here's a hint, it ain't Israel. We'll look at another murderer that a DA decided to turn loose because social justice and equity and all of that. We will look at... uh, The new leftist position, apparently, is that abortion is good because adoption can be traumatic. And I'll ask the the obvious question at the end of talking about that. We've got a European Union ambassador who is uh, LGBT. Did a photo shoot as the Virgin Mary. Well, not the actual Virgin Mary, but the trans Virgin Mary, because apparently... Jesus's mommy Mary had a beard. What is wrong with these people? Seriously, what is wrong with y'all? And some thoughts on the latest school shooting. Actually, there haven't been too many of them of late. Uh, Some very good thoughts by a gentleman named Rob Morris on how to prevent them and what every school can be doing. No gun control, no useless rhetoric, but actual common sense and some ideals and ideas that might just work. In fact, I think they would work because Rob Morris actually thinks his way to conclusions. He doesn't feel his way to conclusions. All that and more, my friends. Are you ready to kick the pig? That pig's probably getting tired of getting kicked, but you know what? Sorry there, Porky. It's time to kick this pig. All right, let's get this started. Slowfacts.wordpress.com is a very good blog I've been following for quite a while. Rob Morse writes there. And a couple of days ago, he put up some thoughts about uh, the shooting, the school shooting at a high school in Oxford Township in Michigan. And he talks a little bit about what we know. The 15-year-old boy stole his father's gun, apparently, and uh, committed this atrocity. He was... Well, he was public about what he's going to do uh, as far as shooting. He left hints on social media. He was apparently very uh, narcissistic, confused, completely screwed up in the head kid. But this is what Rob Morse writes. What we know from prior events, prior school shootings, the murderer violated scores of gun control laws. They always do. Yet the left cries for what? More laws. Those laws that didn't work, we need more of them that won't work to make it work. That's their logic, which isn't, of course, logical. The murderer didn't have permits to carry in public nor transport the firearm. The school is a gun-free zone, but murderers are never, ever stopped by ink on paper. Uh, Many victims are injured during the first minute of an attack. After that, people run. They lock their doors. Victims are harder for the murderer to find and kill. Seconds count. Amen to that. Remember that one. Make a note of that in your mind somewhere. Also make a note of if you have to fight back with whatever the hell you can find to chuck at the son of a gun, a chair, a stapler, whatever. Uh, Anything to try to defend yourself and others. And if there's multiple people in, say, a classroom the guy gets into, then everyone should take part. And yes, some may die, but this guy's going to kill you anyway. This sick person's doing what they can to kill you. Uh, my advice would be, say your prayers, obviously, 
but take as much action as you can, as you think you need to, to save your life and others. Uh, the murderer behaved in an odd manner for a long period before the attack. The murderer told somebody about the attack before it happened, probably several people, either face to face or maybe online. Mass murderers are often psychopathic narcissists. That means they don't have close friends or a conscience. They are not frightened. They, they crave attention. These murderers don't mind dying, but they hate living unrecognized. Today, the murderer is desperate to find out what the media is saying about him. He is asking his jailers, lawyers, his parents, can I have a TV in my cell? Can I have my phone back? Can I surf the web? What are they saying about me? I think that is very true as well. Morse continues, he advises, watch the evidence for yourself. Watch the media coverage. Ask yourself how many disordered people in our society today would kill in order to receive days of breathless publicity. Those stories are the $100 million marketing campaign that creates the next mass murder. The solution is simple. Don't mention a murderer's name and don't show their picture. I've seen this kid's face all over the place already. Uh, you know his name. You know where he's from. You know about his parents. Uh, again, you're feeding the narcissism. And that is a huge part of why these sick, 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 demented people, evil people, do these things. Maybe not all of them, but a good number of them. Murderers, you see, stand out. They're not in a band, not in choir. They're not on sports teams where your mission is to work together and help someone else succeed. These murderers don't take their lumps and get them up and try again. They often retreat to a virtual world online where they are insulated from failure, a world where they can't lose and when you when your mind gets to that point, I think where you're actually into a, a online world as much as that, then you have ceased to, to be in contact with reality at a certain point. This isn't somebody that has a bad day and has really good friends that they talk to on Facebook or Twitter. Maybe they just enjoy some political banner and they get entertainment out of social media. It isn't just that. These are people who... That becomes your entire world. You'll hear people blame video games, for instance. And that always has bothered me because millions, hell, tens and tens and tens and tens of millions of kids play video games. Some of them probably go a little overboard in the time they spend playing them. A lot of the games are violent. And yet, all these tens of millions of kids don't commit atrocities, do they? There may be something in a sick person that identifies with that game and they think they're in the game, maybe. But that's a sick person. You don't blame the stimuli when 19,999,999 people don't do evil with it. You look at the one person and see what's different about them. Blaming video games is about as useful as blaming firearms. It's the person Never lose track of that. Too many conservatives fall for that trap. Uh, you can stop them. It is gross negligence, negligence if your local school does not have a safety plan. This is a big one. Call your school board. 
Ask them if every school, every building, every bus, every ball field has a safety plan for every minute the students are present. The children deserve that. Absolutely, my friend. Ask your, your school board how often each school practices their emergency plan with police, with emergency medical services, and with the local hospital. How did they perform against an expected response time? Ask the school board if they are willing to let a mass murder go on that long. There was a case within the past year and a half, I'm thinking maybe two years, and it was a school in a western state where the, the, uh, the teachers can carry if they wish to. And there was someone who tried to kidnap a child. I believe it was a 10 or 11-year-old girl. That person was stopped by an armed teacher that held them until police came. Because once the children were ordered inside, the guy tried to get inside the school, if I'm thinking, and the teacher, armed teacher, stopped him and held him. And they probably saved lives in that case. And I guess the guy wasn't armed, which is good. Just because a bad guy isn't armed doesn't mean teachers shouldn't be either. Teachers should be allowed, uh, if they wish to, to carry. They need training. They need to be proficient. They need to have the right mentality. Uh, but they need to be able to carry on their person. And no one needs to know who. That's how concealed carry works. It would be a deterrent, and it would have probably by this time, and this happened 20 years ago or more, uh, going back to the Columbine stuff and even some before that, I think some lives probably would have been saved if they would have taken that seriously and allowed teachers to have that responsibility. We give teachers the greatest responsibility we can give them. We give them the care of our children or nieces or nephews or grandkids that is, there's nothing more precious than that. And yes, I do want those people, if they're willing, to be able to carry firearms to protect uh, children. So yeah, get on your school's butt about it. He's absolutely right. He also says that we can't stop the political posturing that follows mass murder. And you know what always follows. But we can condemn it. Public figures will use this attack to their advantage. They blame their favorite scapegoat. I've seen them blame global warming. Good Lord. Some will blame the gun, though they didn't blame the car when a murderer deliberately drove his car through a children's Christmas parade in Waukesha, uh, Wisconsin last week. Fine, I find the political grandstanding of politicians and reporters as reprehensible as the murderer's narcissism. Please call it out when you see it. In other words, don't put up with it. Take a little time and fire off some angry emails to different networks, your local TV station, radio station, whatever the case may be. Think about it. And uh, Rob Morris has this too. He just gave you 600 words. Please share them with a friend I've written. He has written over 170 articles on public safety and mass murder. You can find them here and here. He gives some links. Uh, Rob Morris. And I thank him for this is a thoughtful piece. This is important. There's some good, solid advice that we all need to share and take very seriously. Because these shootings are very, very, very rare. But that doesn't mean it can't ever happen. And being prepared has never cost anybody their life that I can think of. 
If something bad doesn't happen, great. Doesn't mean you shouldn't be prepared and shouldn't live in the real world. Now, my friend, on to something else that uh, caught my eye. Speaking of crime, uh, the other McCain has been doing a phenomenal job at uh, at covering uh, cities like Philadelphia and the, as McCain calls it, the other McCain does, Robert Stacy McCain, that is. The DA there is one of these uh, implants that George Soros got big money behind to get him elected as DA, and they believe in this restorative justice crap. They don't believe they believe bail is racist. They believe that uh, we should treat people equally. We they believe all this crazy stuff, and even when they come out admit and admit like the Milwaukee DA recently admitted that. Oh, yeah, I mean, if you turn enough people out, there are murders and this and that, and give them, quote, fair bail, eventually some of them are going to kill people. But that's okay, in effect, because that doesn't disprove the good of the whole program he's trying to instill. And, yeah, that guy that ran down 60-something people and killed six, including at least one child, one eight-year-old, they're all dead because of uh, his policies. Think about that. And this piece is about a uh, a teen who was turned loose by the Philadelphia DA. He committed a carjacking. He also killed someone. Uh, Latif Williams is his name, only 17 years old. But he had already racked up an impressive criminal record before he was arrested this week for murder. And let's face it, if you're an ambitious young criminal, there's no better place to commit crime than Philadelphia, which has already eclipsed its all-time record number uh, annual murder total this year. Last year, Philly saw an 80% increase in carjackings. And Latif Williams got in on that action this year when he was arrested on August the 14th. It's not that long ago, was it? A little over three months, three and a half months ago, and charged with eight crimes, eight, in connection with an armed carjacking. That means carjacking with a gun, most likely. Could be a knife, but still, it's a lethal threat there, including aggravated assault, robbery, conspiracy, and possession of a, say it with me, unlicensed gun. Considering his prior record, Williams was first arrested at the ripe old age of 13 for robbing a college student on the Temple University uh, campus of a cell phone. You might think this carjacking would have put him behind bars for a long time, right? Uh, But I need, uh, but need I remind you, he writes, that this is Philadelphia where Joe Biden got 81% of the votes. The city's progressive district attorney, Larry Krasner, Uh, another uh, Soros stooge, I would add, has a policy of turning loose criminals. And on September the 30th, Judge Martin Coleman granted the DA's motion to withdraw all eight charges against Williams. Understand that? Everything you're charged with. That didn't happen. We're going to wipe them all out. Aggravated assault, uh, committing a crime with an unlicensed firearm that was likely stolen, that you likely stole, or you knew was stolen carjacking, all that thrown out. And he was a free man. 
But sadly, and all too predictably, it didn't take him long for him to uh, get back to his life of peace and equity and equality and social justice, also known as crime. Williams is accused of fatally shooting. Fatally shooting. Get those words in your head. That means someone died. Who died? A man, 21 years old. What, a quarter into his life? Robbed of how many future joys? Uh, the man's name was Samuel Collington of Prospect, Prospect Park, Delaware County, on Sunday during an apparent robbery near the North Philadelphia campus. According to police, Collington had disparked his mother's SUV on Sunday afternoon near the 2200 block of uh, North Park Avenue after returning from Thanksgiving at his family's home. Authorities said, said that while he was unloading his things, a suspected robber snuck up on him and a struggle ensued. According to police, Collington was shot in the chest and the back. He was taken to Temple University Hospital where he sadly died of his injuries. There's a lesson there. When you're getting stuff out of your car, make sure your surroundings look around. He might have been able to see this guy and, and get that feeling that you get sometimes. And I've many times I've moved where I park. I would, uh, if I was early waiting for someone, I would uh, drive around the block or something. But if I got a real bad feeling about somebody kind of that didn't seem right, I generally try to act on it. I keep my eye on them at the very least. Sometimes I do that when I see a lady, a young lady, maybe and her, her children, or maybe just by themselves. And they're, they're walking to the car, they're on the phone, or they're just kind of distracted by this or that. And I just kind of watch them sometimes because someone else might catch my eye. Because I think if all of us did that, we could actually stop some crimes. And who knows? If you really are aware, keep your head up, keep your eyes open, look people in the eye. Let them know that you know that they're there. How many crimes have we... If we do that, how have we already stopped without even knowing it? Uh, you have to be self-aware. Situational awareness is crucial. It really, along with gun safety, ought to be taught in school, and there's no excuse for it not being taught, especially to young girls who are far more victimized than boys for obvious reasons. Now, here's some irony from the other McCain. Collington, again, the dead 21-year-old kid, was passionate about social justice issues and racial and income equality. He was a president of the Political Science Society for the last year and an officer of the College Democrats. In the past, he had canvassed for Planned Parenthood, the ACLU, and Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders. A friend of Collington's, uh, Collington's Doug Leake, described his friend as a devout Marxist who would not want his death to be used to push any sort of right-wing pro-police agenda stuff such as stop and frisk. The irony. You just had a friend, a close friend, allegedly, die in a violent fashion, and you're still against police doing their jobs and possibly preventing this. You're still against people being locked away in prison when they commit violent crimes. And yet someone who got off scot-free for a violent crime 
just killed your friend and you still haven't learned. I feel bad for the kid that's dead, uh, but his friend is a moron. I mean, this is getting slapped in the face with reality and not even recognizing it, just rejecting it because you're so absorbed and you're absorbed in your left wing agenda. Uh, here's something Leek wrote. We must not let this travesty, the death of his friend, spawn oppression of any kind. I will never stop defending his legacy of radical justice, peace, and equality. Really? I don't know about you, but I wouldn't consider such a clown my friend. This is somebody who's seen firsthand. A someone he cared about, lost because of the stupidity of his Marxist ideals, still clinging to the Marxist ideals. What a true believer. What a useful idiot. As the other McCain writes, radical justice, progressives turn loose the criminals who kill them. Again, useful idiots. Let me see. Where should I go next? How about this? Let's just let's just start with this. Uh, the a LGBT ambassador uh, of the European Union has done a photo shoot. As the trans version of the Virgin Mary. Why, what would it matter if Virgin Mary was actually a transsexual? Well, Virgin Mary, if she was had a, a beard like this person does, probably would not have been able to give birth to Jesus. Of course, we're talking about God here. God can't do anything. But where does the left get this perverse need, not just to have their way, not just for equality or fair treatment or, or don't judge me or just leave me alone, let me live my life. I'm really for all those things. But at a certain point, you see that they delight and revel in their, their horrible behaviors. You understand what I'm saying? If you want a sex change, have a sex change. That's your business, okay? It, I don't care. Literally, I do not care. But when you want to you want to take people's religion and mock it, when you want to take it and do it as, as much in the face of everyone else as you possibly can, you're not doing it because of a pure motives or because you really believe you should have a right to do it. You're doing it to rub their noses in it. You, in fact, are the bigot not the people who are offended by what you're doing and the public display you're making of it, who you probably call bigots. Uh, Ricardo Simonetti. Sounds like an opera star. LGBT ambassador to the European Union Parliament, dressed as a transgender Virgin Mary for the cover of a Berlin-based queer magazine. I remember when you couldn't say the word queer. Now you're supposed to say it. Certain words you can't say now, you used to be able to say. Now certain words you can say that you used to not be able to say. That's why I say what the hell I want. If you don't like it, too bad. Uh, the photo, the photos show a bearded Simonetti. Sounds like some sex act in, in Amsterdam or something. If you want the bearded Simonetti, you're going to have to pay extra. Okay, buddy? The, the, the trapeze alone costs some money. 
and the training for that. Okay. This is a bearded Simonetti we're talking about, remember? Uh, so he's a in this uh, a tunic and veil, holding a baby who is presumably representing Jesus. In another photo, he is holding the baby with another man who appears to represent Joseph, wrapping his arms around Simonetti. If we ignore the fact that Jesus wasn't white, who cares what color Jesus was? He's the reason for the season, but you know what? The thing about Jesus isn't anything to do with his skin color or what race he was. Okay? John 3, 16. Read that. That'll kind of, that's the, the Reader's Digest version of what Jesus is all about. Okay? Good Lord, people. Uh, da, da, da. And well, we could as well believe the Virgin Mary had a beard. Why not? Simonetti wrote in the caption to his Instagram post. Simonetti is German, and he became a special envoy for LGBT issues, not LGBTQ, not LGD, LGBTQ+, plus. Uh, no, just LGBT. So I guess this person's kind of being uh, not diverse enough. Where's the, where's the Q? Where's the Q+, plus? Come on, Simonetti. Why are you such a bigot? The bearded transgender bigot. Uh, bah, 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 bah. He became a special envoy for LGBT issues for the European Union Parliament in uh, 2021, according to his website. And there's a link to his website if you so choose. Awesome, very transgressive, very brave. Why is it brave, particularly? Did he uh, walk into a pit blindfolded, filled with uh, black mambas and rattlesnakes and cobras to save somebody? No, that would be brave. But no, he he uh, pretended he was the mother Virgin Mary with a beard. That's not brave, okay? Uh, here's here's one that the, the, the really the. The comment that sums it up completely. Awesome. Very transgressive. Very brave. Now do trans Muhammad. I dare you. Uh, Pascal Emmanuel Gobre said, uh, or excuse me, of the Ethics and Pro Public Policy Center commented on Twitter. What do you want to bet Mr. Simonetti will not uh, mock a, the Muslim Muslim faith like that? If he did, he won't have to worry about that sex operation, sex change operation, because I'm sure there'll be plenty of terrorists willing to uh, give him some elective surgery. Again, another empty suit that has to be, a, it's about them. It's not about a cause. It's not about justice. It's about them. Look at me, look at me, and look at me. The favorite three words of the, uh, the leftist activists, my friends. Look at me. What a uh, what an absolute ideology of naked, ugly narcissism. All about them. And now on to something different. I'm not going to go to there yet. How about stupid thing? How about uh, what uh, Joe Biden and his his Hanukkah gift to Israel? A little piece by Daniel Greenfield. I'm going to read a little bit of, and this is uh, it's pretty cool stuff, I got to tell you. It really is. 
Uh, pretty important stuff, I should say. And then we'll get into uh, the abortion is be- uh, abortion is better than adoption for children, apparently now. And enough of that story. Those two stories coming right up after I take a small break to get some some refreshment for my throat. And trust me, I will not be pretending to be Jesus or the Virgin Mary at any point in the rest of this podcast. Because you know what? I'm not woke. And that's why you all love me. Be right back, my friends. And here we go, my friends. Daniel Greenfield, phenomenal writer. He writes about something you probably haven't heard of, that uh, Team Biden, also known as Team Mumble and Stumble, uh, is doing. Greenfield writes some 2,200 years ago, Antiochus IV set up an idol in the Jewish temple in Jerusalem and had pigs sacrificed on the altar. Joseph Biden II has his own plans for a pig and an altar in Jerusalem. Uh, Biden Tiochus, uh, his Hanukkah gift to the Jews is an Islamic terrorist consulate in Jerusalem. Uh, like Antiochus, the Biden administration has spent the past few months alternately terrorizing and bribing Israelis to accept its plan uh, for a consulate to the terrorists killing Jews in Jerusalem. What could go wrong, right? We want the American consulate to constitute the seed of a U.S. embassy in the state of Palestine. Uh, Mohammed Shatayi, I'm probably pronouncing the word incorrectly. It happens. The PLO's current prime minister had boasted Biden is clearly on the same page. Russia and China operate diplomatic missions to the PLO, a terrorist group, of course, in Ramallah. If the Biden administration really wanted to open a consulate to be closer to the terrorists, they would stick it in that terrorist capital, a former Christian city taken over by Islamic killers as their base in Israel. Instead, like the old dead Syrian Greek tyrant, Biden wants to play his idol in Jerusalem. More insulting that way, I guess. Antiochus had forbidden the Jews to keep the Sabbath, inaugurate the new monthly moon of Rosh Shadesh, and celebrate the holidays. Biden followed in his footsteps by forbidding the Jews to celebrate Jerusalem Day, marking the liberation and reunification of the city. The joyous celebration in which children sing and wave Israeli flags and thousands of people from across the country and the world take part in a parade through the old city. That was denounced by Biden's State Department as provocation. Where What else is a provocation? Breathing, maybe? Praying? Being Jewish? Uh, or eating, drinking, smiling, embracing a friend? Actually, all those things are provocation, as long as... Israelis continue to do that kind of thing while Jewish to the psychopaths who want to murder them. The Biden administration ordered Israel to preserve the historic status quo in the Haram al-Sharif Temple Mount in world, in word rather, and in practice. This historic, it's historic, my friends, status quo was imposed by the Muslim occupiers and bans Jews from, from praying at their own holiest site. 
the Trump peace plan, remember that guy, Trump, the bad guy, the orange man bad, the Trump peace plan had proposed that people, listen closely, tolerant and bigoted that damn Trump was, listen to this, people of every faith should be permitted to pray on the Temple Mount uh, Haram al-Sharif in a manner that is fully respectful to their religion, taking into account the times of each religion's prayers and holidays, as well as other religious factors. Team Biden is so much more progressive, you see. And by progressive, I mean pro-terrorist, anti-Israel, anti-Semitic, anti-Jewish, anti-humanity, anti-decency, anti-morality, and anti America, ultimately. The PLO, Hamas, and the Biden administration, again, team stumble and mumble, rejected this call for basic religious freedom because orange man bad, Israelis worse, apparently. Instead, the Biden administration, following in the footsteps of Antiochus, has ordered the that only Islamic idolatry should be permitted on the side of the Holy Temple. The only thing Biden hasn't done is erect an altar to Zeus and sacrifice a pig on it. These things take time, Daniel. He'll get around to it, I'm sure. Maybe he's saving that for his next Hanukkah party. The Biden administration restarted the flow of cash to the PLO, even though the Islamic terrorist group continues to incite and finance the murder of Jews. So in other words, Biden wants the PLO to have more money to kill more Jews, apparently. Or maybe just Israeli Jews. Who knows? In the week before Hanukkah, an Islamic terrorist opened fire in Jer- in Jerusalem's old city, uh, killing Eliyahu David K., a 26-year-old guide at the remnant of the temple known as the Western Wall, and wounding four others. The PLO's Palestinian Authority media, they declared that the terrorist had died as a martyr. Oh, they're always martyr. What they actually are is pagan, of course. Do you want the truth, Mr. PLO spokes tool? This, my friends, is the moral condition of the Democratic Party, the left, and in general. And, of course, specifically, team stumble and mumble, the Biden team. Truly sickening, isn't it? Where's the human rights? Where's the uh, respect for religious tolerance, religious freedom, religious diversity? No, it's not there. The Biden administration ain't got time for that. They ain't got time for it. But they got time for make it easy to make it easier to uh, for the PLO to do what the PLO has always wanted to do. That's sick. Sick, 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 sick. And speaking of sick. Let's go to Weasel Zippers for the final story of the day. And the new leftist position, apparently on abortion, is abortion is good because adoption is traumatic. Yes, traumatic. Uh, Via piece in the New York Times, uh, on Wednesday, as the Supreme Court heard heard oral arguments from state attorneys seeking to uphold Mississippi's 15-week abortion ban, Justice Amy Coney Barrett kept getting at one question. 
she wondered why was abortion necessary when women who do not want to be mothers can simply give their babies up for adoption. What? You mean the baby doesn't have to be either wanted by the woman or it can be killed because that's her mood for the day? You mean they can actually let someone else have their baby that wants a baby? My God, that's crazy. Who would ever think such a thing? As an adoptee myself, I was floored. I'm not going to name the author. This pinhead doesn't deserve it, quite frankly. Go to the New York Times. You can read the piece yourself. Uh, I was floored by Justice Barrett's assumption that, that adoption is an accessible and desirable alternative for women who find themselves unexpectedly pregnant. A few thoughts here. Let me take a few beats to not let my temper come out too much at the audacious, audacious idiocy of that, that whole sentence I just read. Unexpectedly pregnant. Well, here's, I have a leak. Biologists know this stuff. When you have sex, there's a chance you could get pregnant. I know. Crazy, right? It's almost like that's how nature intended babies to be made. Oh, wait. Biology again. Biology is your friend. Embrace it. But when you get pregnant and you don't, you don't want to be pregnant at that time. Okay. Why would it be crazy for someone to say, if you don't want your child, put it up for adoption or I'll adopt it. I'll take it, whatever. I just don't believe in abortion. I believe abortion will kill the innocent human being inside you. So carry it to term. I will take the baby. You can adopt anything. But if you don't want a baby, there's adoption. Like that's some crazy wacko conspiracy theory or something. And again, why would it be undesirable for a woman to give their baby up for adoption? If they chose to, if they did not literally did not want the child. Why is that such a crazy question? The author continues, she may not realize it. But what she, that's Amy Coney Barrett, Supreme Court Justice, who dares to be a woman and pro-life, how dare she? Uh, but what she is suggesting is that women don't need access to abortion because they can simply go do a thing that is infinitely more difficult. Beyond actually having the baby, going to a hospital, having the baby, I think... Uh, I think there's some pretty intrusive of a woman's body about abortion too, isn't there? Plus, that's there. That, that there is that innocent life the mother is carrying inside her. That separate organ, separate blood type, separate DNA is a separate living, growing human being. But we can't discuss their feelings because they don't count to the left. They just don't count. Expensive. And dangerous. It's dangerous to give your baby up for adoption. How the hell is that? Or is she talking about the act of giving birth? I'm not sure. She might not know either. And potentially traumatic. Well, 
if you say that adoption, madam, is potentially more traumatic or maybe as traumatic, I don't know, than terminating a pregnancy due to its er, or during its early stages. Well, that's easier on you, maybe. How's the baby take that news? That's right, the baby doesn't. It just gets butchered in the womb. That's the woke way to look. That's the pro-woman thing. Kill your baby. Don't you dare put it up for adoption. You might experience some trauma. Now, I do know that a lot of women who have abortions have a hell of a time afterward because they feel like there should always be another person with them that they chose to abort. I know that causes a lot of mental anguish and trauma and, and grief and suffering and sorrow for a lot of women who have abortions. But we can't talk about them either. Because frankly, to the left, those bitches don't count. If they want to kill their baby inside the womb, great. That's empowering. But to suggest that some women might actually regret the decision later? Oh, they're just, uh, we don't care about them. The tolerant, wonderful, caring left, my friends. As an adopted mother herself, the author continues, Justice Barrett should have some inkling of the complexity of adoption and the toll it can inflict on children. What about the toll of abortion on children? My God, do you have any moral compass that guides you through life? Frankly, this thinking is absolutely evil. Really, to me, in a way, you're really no different than someone who sticks a gun to somebody head, somebody's head and said, give me your van. You want something? Someone else get, gets hurt by it? Too bad. It's all about you. You're a woman, so you have special rights. And even if the father of the child were to be a great man and say, look, I'll take the baby. Please don't do this. I'll, you never have to see it. Don't worry about it. I'll take care. A woman still should have the right to tell that father, no, you don't count. Father's rights don't count. The baby's life doesn't count. The family that may be enriched by that adopt, maybe someone can't have children and they want to adopt. They won't be hurt. No one will be hurt. It's all about, all about the leftist woman who wants to pretend that a human life a beating heart, a growing baby with, again, its own DNA, blood type, organs, etc., etc. It doesn't matter that we can look at them through medical uh, advancements and medical technology and see them moving in the womb. That doesn't matter. No. And you're evil if you think that a baby's life should matter at all. Until it's born, of course. At least that's the current state of the left's. Uh, moral battleship, which is sinking rapidly into the morass of absolute evil. It's about that right now. And one day when, you know, retroactive abortion, they really weren't ready. This child has not got the, uh, the best scenario. Yes, they could adopt the child out, but it could be stressful. It could be stressful. Even the child being adopted out, and he's only a year old. I mean, he really hasn't been around that long. She's only 18 months. When does this road we're on right now, this moral, absolute road to moral hell, when does that kick in? And don't tell me it doesn't, my friends, because it will.
because leftism always, always, in one way or another, sometimes in multiple ways, destroys everything it touches. Yes, including unborn babies. Very, very sad that there are people out there who actually feel that way. Um, and this author has some more I need to share. But she speaks, speaking of, of Amy Coney Barrett, who's questioning why women who don't want their kid, their children just adopt them out, they, then they won't need abortion because they won't be responsible anymore for that child. But she speaks as if adoption is some type, kind of idyllic fairy tale. My own adoption actually was that was what Benny would consider idyllic. I was raised by two adoptive parents, Alice and Terry, from the time I was an infant and grew up in a home where I knew every day that I was loved. A few years ago, I found my biological mother, Maria, and her three siblings, or three siblings I didn't know I had via DNA test and Facebook. And I could read more. I'm not going to. This is available at uh, the New York Times. And I'm just not going to pay the New York Times anymore. Very cheap amount of money it costs to have the royal pleasure of reading these idiotic opinions. I'm kind of tired of this. You have to pay to read this paper, pay to read that paper. And maybe find a way to, I don't know, sell your papers. And this is a guest essay. You should know that. And Elizabeth Spears is the woman who uh, who wrote the piece, just to be completely fair to her and uh, let her take credit or, well, blame, I guess, for this uh, morally back-ass words piece. You know, when when a society on the whole can't look at a little baby anymore and see something joyous and wonderful, that's a very bad sign. Very bad sign, my friends. That's it for me. Thank you for listening. I do appreciate you. Uh, if you want to contribute financially, please do. Delegator.com, first post, hit the buy now button, goes to my PayPal page. You know what to do. And if you want to become a monthly subscriber and contributor to the Delegator Daily Thought podcast, that's what you're listening to right now if you're a Florida State fan then you may do that as well, and it will certainly be appreciated. You simply sign up uh, to have a uh, uh, a donation given every month in a specific amount. You can change the amount. You can cancel at any time. Not a problem. If you give, I appreciate you. If you don't, if you just listen every day, I appreciate you. And if you want to just occasionally send a little gift, get a little extra cash, which is getting harder with the Biden inflation going on, Again, another glorious victory for Team Mumble and Stumble. Uh, you can do that as well at the Daily Gator. Just give a one-time pledge. Uh, not pledge. That's what PBS calls it. A donation. How's that? A donation, a gift. A charitable gift to your favorite podcaster. And that's it for me, my friends. Again, God bless you. Take care. Remember the three golden rules of life. Go Gators. If you're left, you're just ain't right. And God bless America. And no, the Virgin Mary did not have a beard. Okay? Let's uh, let's be respectful of other people's religion. You know, the left's about acceptance and diversity and sensitivity, right? 
If you're going to preach it, practice it. Otherwise, shut up. That's it. Take care, my friends. God bless you. Y'all be good. We will talk to you on Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday in the mud, mud, mud. You remember those commercials, right? The great tractor pulls. Uh, No, I never went to one either and probably never would. Too much noise and uh, I got to say, too many people who might utter the phrase, hey, hold my beer and watch this. I got to be safe, folks. Take care. Love y'all. I know you love me too. How can you not? Talk to you on Sunday. Be good.